Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz, coming to you from a long weekend, but hopefully after you've listened to this podcast, you're taking it easy, spending some time with family. Unfortunately, though, the news does not stop. So here we are talking about some big stories making headlines today, Sam. There was an incident in Tasmania that concerned the Prime Minister and his staff. Tell us about it. Four security officers were taken to hospital in Tasmania after the Prime Minister's security car was involved in an accident and rolled off the road on the way to a campaign event. The Prime Minister, who was not involved in the crash, was in Launceston to announce an $100 million fund for a new National Forestry Research Institute. A man has been arrested in Manhattan and charged with a federal terror offence over a shooting on a New York subway train on Tuesday. The 62-year-old man is suspected of firing more than 30 gunshots, leaving 29 passengers injured, including five people reported to be in a critical but stable condition. Australia's unemployment rate remained at 4% in March, with 17,900 people joining the workforce in the last month. However, economists warned the total number of hours worked fell, suggesting a growth in insecure work and Australians looking for more hours. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, the unemployment rate for women is the lowest it has been since 1974. This good news has made its debut on our Instagram and now we're bringing it to your ears. The first Komodo dragons to ever be born in Australia have hatched at the Australian Reptile Park, with all three baby dragons said to be in good health. The Komodo dragon is the largest lizard on Earth and despite currently being just 40 centimetres in length, will reach up to three metres. Maddie and Sophie from You're in Good Company join us on this Good Friday. Happy Easter, guys. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your long weekend. Sophie, I'd love to start with you today. We haven't talked about him for a while on this segment, but uh, I think it's time. What is the latest in Elon Musk's world? Oh, God. Elon Musk's world changes on a daily basis. So, honestly, I could be saying something today and it'll be different tomorrow. But there seems to be a bit of a battle unfolding between Musk and Twitter. So, for some context, Musk is a renowned Twitter user and he has over 80 million followers and he tweets about literally anything. It can be about his companies, about Bitcoin, about anything that honestly comes to his mind. And on Monday last week, it was revealed that Elon Musk bought 9.2% of Twitter, making him the company's largest individual shareholder. And on that day, Twitter's stock price rose by 27%. And honestly, right now, it feels like investors are thinking that anything that Musk touches turns to gold. How much would that transaction have cost Elon Musk? It cost him a whopping $2.9 billion, But I mean, his net worth is $260 billion, So it's kind of not really a dent. <laughs> That's wild. And so is that going to change Twitter? Yeah, so after the announcement that Musk bought that 9.2%, he was actually offered a seat on the board by the CEO and also by Jack Dorsey. And they said that they would be very excited to have him join the company as they believe that he could bring a new way of thinking to the company. However, this offer was declined by Musk. And that was mainly because you you can't own more than 14.9% of the stock when you are a board member. And this really raised the question of whether Musk was planning a hostile takeover. And of course, overnight, we have heard in this man's sporadic nature that he has made a best and final offer to buy Twitter for $58 billion, saying that the company has extraordinary potential and he will unlock it. 
Again, the company's share price has soared more than 17%. And then with this new bid to take over the company, Musk wrote a letter to the board saying that Twitter will neither strive nor serve its free speech social imperative in its current form, and Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. So I guess it's really showing that the reason behind all of this is that he cares about having free speech on, I guess, this incredibly powerful platform. Like people are really wondering why Elon has kind of done this. And there's kind of like two sides to it. You know, on the one side, people are saying this is a kind of Trump-esque move in the sense that, you know, the more power that you have on Twitter, the more that you can talk about and you have free reign. But on the other side, people are saying that he wants to have control in Twitter because he wants to make the platform an area of where people can have free speech. And I think people are kind of slightly erring more towards the free speech argument because in late March, he tweeted asking his followers if they believed whether the platform adheres to the principle of free speech. And it stated, the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. And over 70% of people voted no. Little did people know they were actually voting in a future board resolution. Pretty unbelievable when your uh, your tech playground involves one of the biggest social media networks in the world. Maddie, to you now, and let's bring things back to Australia. We're seeing some pretty big movements in the buy now, pay later space, which was the kind of market darling for a lot of last year and the year before. What's the latest from that world? Yeah, so buy now, pay later giant Afterpay has revealed significant losses in the first six months of the financial year under its new owner Block, formerly known as Square. So Block acquired Afterpay for $39 billion last year, and earlier this week, they revealed that costs had blown out by 65% and bad debts were up 70%. So they're saying that the losses are due to increasing employment expenses as Afterpay has been hiring new staff to keep up with and stay ahead of its competition, as well as an expanding customer base that has led to some higher risk customers. Interestingly, Afterpay is not alone, and at time of recording, shares in Zip are down 70% since the start of the year, and OpenPay is down 51%. I want to ask you to go a little deeper into that bad debt point. What is bad debt? Yeah, so Afterpay puts aside what is called a provision for bad debts for when customers are able to repay their loans. So in the latest results, they actually increased the provision from $99 million to $151 million, which ultimately impacts Afterpay's bottom line. And I think this sort of comes into the fact that Afterpay's late fees and other income, it more than doubled in the latest results, which the AFR has suggested hints that more customers are struggling to repay their debts. A fascinating shift in the way that the market is perceiving buy now, pay later stocks. It's kind of lost its shine a little bit, it would seem. And now that Afterpay is part of this kind of more global company, it could have global implications. Has Afterpay responded to the release of the results in any way? Not really. They are sort of attributing it a little bit to interest rates. So with rising interest rates, Afterpay needs to borrow money from the banks to support its lending to users. And as with all borrowing, Afterpay has to pay interest on what it borrows. So as interest rates rise, so do the cost for Afterpay to fund its customers. The other thing that's sort of playing into it is online shopping trends. So research conducted by the IMF showed that on average, the share of total online spending rose sharply during the pandemic to almost 50% at the peak, but it's fallen back down to sort of around 12%. So 
given buy now, pay later has a much stronger presence online than in bricks and mortar retail, this downward trend really does have a flow on effect. So they've sort of explained some of the things that are playing into it, but otherwise not much in the way of comment from them. Interesting to see that we are returning to bricks and mortar shops and that there's been a move away from online. Sophie, I'm sure you're going to have lots of time for bricks and mortar shopping over this long weekend. But when you're not and when you're reading about the big topic coming up next week, what are you looking at? One of the areas that's really interesting me at the moment is the story about Sheen, which is the Chinese online retailer, and they have gone out to market wanting funding, and they have reached a value of $100 billion, which makes it one of the most, if this funding is successful, it makes it one of the most successful startups behind the likes of TikTok and SpaceX, which are huge names and a very interesting valuation given the fact that, you know, there's a lot of scepticism about this company in terms of environmental and social reasons. And Maddie, when you're not in bricks and mortar shopping, what are you going to be doing this weekend? Well, Wes Farmers, which is the owner of Bunnings and Kmart, is the latest company to take on the net zero challenge. So I'm going to be reading up on that one and I'm interested to see just how they're planning on doing that. That seems like a very busy Easter weekend. Maddie and Sophie from Your and Good Company. Guys, if you have time to listen to a podcast this weekend, I would recommend listening to the latest episode of Your and Good Company. It will be a perfect side dish to your Easter road trip. That's all we've got time for this week on The Daily Oz. We won't be stopping work over the weekend over on our Instagram. We'll be covering the latest movements from the election roadshow and looking ahead to see what you need to know as we hit the ground running for week two of the election roadshow coming up next week. Until then, we'll speak to you on Monday.